Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? It's the CFBDynasty.com podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Knowles. With these two yokels over here and over here, I'm not even going to point and tell you which one is which. You got Doug Gravely and you got Brian McElfish. Brian, Doug, let people know which one of them you guys are. Hello, hey, I'm Doug. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we have a, a, a different format for the show. As you can see below us, we're going to have a mock draft that's going to run. We're going to be covering news and notes. We're going to be taking questions from the Discord, but we're going to be doing it while we have a mock draft running. This is going to be a best ball mock draft. BMAC, why don't you go ahead and hit the start button, and after you hit the start button, we'll tell people what this draft is and what the purpose of it is. Yep, and we'll go through the picks, and they'll go pretty quick here. So we um, will auto-drafting, and then us mixed in randomly so matt's on the clock with the fourth pick um and this will give you kind of a good idea of how the computer will pick or people who just use the standard fan tracks rankings or adp um and so you'll kind of know where you can pick certain players and all that stuff doing a live mock draft on fan tracks there's always live mock drafts that you can enter <coughs> for different sports and um you know, typically a few hours separated. So if you got a boring work day ahead of you, join a mock draft and uh, that'll make it go a lot faster. So um, the first few picks we have here, Cameron Dialup takes Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. comes off the board, then Quinshawn Judkins. So Matt's there on the clock. They've got us at the very end, Doug. So you're sitting at 11 mm -hmm. and I'm at 12. Um, or sorry. You're at 10. I'm at 11. I'm used to 11 and 12 uh, in terms of the end of the draft. So we've got 11 teams. So this is a ball. this is a best ball draft. So that yep. means that you're not even going to be setting your lineup. You just want to get guys you think have the best chance of actually being able to uh, score the top points. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's basically uh, eight rounds, right? So we've got yeah. – um, it's only going to start the best one – quarterback one running back one receiver one tight end so um you can draft a max of two quarterbacks three running backs three receivers three tight ends, and then um there we go so matt you took corley and then why don't you take us all the way through doug's pick while i take a look here at the 11th pick sure the reason why i went with malachi corley is you're talking about western kentucky one of the most high-powered offenses in the country um, if you look at the draft, you see Austin Reed, Western Kentucky's quarterback, got drafted right after. So um, he's coming back. Their quarterback, Austin Reed, came back for one more year. Um, I think he's going to have a, a, a banger of a season. The thing you want out of Corley is to get a little more consistency. But being in a best ball league, if he has his blowout week where he has three touchdowns and 150 yards, hey, you're great. If the next week is uh, one that's a little bit less, then, uh, you know, maybe it's going to go pick your other wide receiver in a best ball scenario, but he definitely has got some boom or bust uh, that's attached to him. He's going to have some big, a big high upside when it comes to, to high scoring weeks. Um, first Avenger at six took Rasheen Ali, Bo Nix from Oregon uh, for JCP is at number seven. Um, Horton from Colorado State it goes to Carissa at the eighth pick. Uh, Raheem Sanders to Ar from Arkansas goes to Chai Kid or Chi Kid, whatever you want it to be, at uh, nine. And then you got U2. Uh, picking 10 and 11, talk through your picks there. 
So I went with Egbuka. Um, <clears throat> I think Ohio State has potentially, arguably, the best receiver duo in college football, um, and I think both guys are going to get their share with Marvin Harrison probably being wide receiver one and Egbuka being two, but Egbuka putting up wide receiver one numbers um, if he was on another team. So, All right, you're on the clock, Doug, because I had the back end of the draft. So after you took Egbuka, I took Adonze from Washington, number one, or one of the best passing offenses in the country. Um, and that'll continue with so many players, including Penix uh, at quarterback returning. And then uh, with my first pick in the second round, um, I paired a Dunze with Bowers from Georgia. And I like targeting Bowers in the second round um, because you get um, a huge advantage. He's probably going to be with all the receivers they're replacing there at Georgia. He's going to probably be the number one target um over the course of the year in an offense where the quarterback's going to run less so you like that in terms of uh, running backs getting more goal line touches and then yes receivers tight ends getting more and the quarterback taking less of the fantasy points so i value bowers even more than the great years he had the last couple years all right and then doug you got your boy allen there uh, with the second pick in the second round. Yep, so I took Allen. Um, I was torn a little bit between him and Corm out of Michigan, and I went with Allen uh, for two reasons. One, I believe Allen is the more uh, – I just think he's the better back of the two. And the second reason, I think the biggest reason for me in the back of my mind was with what Edwards showed at Michigan at the end of the season – it's very hard for me to say that they're not going to take carries away from Corum and put Edwards in the game as well. So um, I know that, you know, Corum is a great running back. I know he's pretty high, even on our list. But between the two, I went with, with Allen because I think Edwards is going to take some carries from Corum this year. Yeah, did you see what Luke Fickle said in, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago? I think it was this interview with <clears> – <throat> It was either at the media days or with Josh Pate, and he was talking about how soon, um, in the not-so-distant future, he wouldn't be surprised if, as as run-heavy as they are now, flipping the script and being that pass-heavy at Wisconsin, and that's going to be funny to see. So after <clears throat> you took Allen, then <clears throat> Drake May came off the board. It's important, obviously, to, to nail a quarterback. You know, he just got that bad news about Dez. And then Corum, who you debated, goes next. And then McMillan, Frank Harris, Bangora. And then Matt takes uh, Trey Benson, um, Florida State running back. And it's come back around to him. So after that, um, Cowing, Shipley, and then Jackson from Utah. So that concludes the second round. Um, and then coming back, Xavier Worthy, which is – is good value coming in the first pick of the third round. I feel like the only downside is they're, they're so loaded mm -hmm. at wide receiver in Texas. And then Penix, who I was kind of getting hopeful would fall to me, but uh, he, went ahead, <laughs> he went ahead and, and went to, to pack Joe there. 
and uh, Josiah takes Gadsden again. Even again, again. <laughs> Freaking computer Josiah does it again. Unfreaking believable. That guy. All right. So Matt's on the clock. What are you thinking here? Uh, so probably going to go running back here again. Um, see what I decide to do. Got a little bit of time here. You mentioned earlier, uh, for those of you guys that don't know out there, uh, the NCAA has decided they're going to crack down on some uh, some of the waivers for uh, transfers. Devontez Walker is the first major name that is uh, seeing his waiver Ugh, denied. Brutal. So you're talking about a top 10 wide receiver per CFBDynasty.com. Um, and Drake may be in one of the top quarterbacks that is going to be dramatically affected by this. Uh, Brian's favorite tight end out there in the whole world, Eric Gilbert in Nebraska, is also someone that could be affected by this. So keep your eye on that. Um, I am actually going to go this direction here since uh, I'm going to go Damian Martinez, Oregon State, another guy I really like um, at four in the third round. Um, did a great job last year as a true freshman. Uh, just really somebody that's probably going to be blowing some stats up there in the pack four this year. Um, we'll see how he does. The uneducated computer pick took Des Walker right after we told them about the news. It's crazy. Guess they're what not even fool. listening. What Squirrel White goes next. Marquez Cooper, great value at 3-7. Like he's gonna get so many touches. Tyler Shuck at Texas. And then Matthew Golden snaked right before Doug's pick. So he's on the clock with Egbuka and Allen so far. Who are you thinking here? So I'm thinking about another running back in this spot. Um and I'm torn between two. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to go with Frank Gore out of Southern Miss because I believe he is the offense on that football team. Um, it The offense goes around him. He, play, he <laughs> plays receiver. He plays running back. Sometimes he plays quarterback. So um, I just think he's going to get – so many touches and he has in the past and I don't see that changing. Yep. No running backs for me yet. And that's what I'm looking at here. Um, although there's obviously quarterback is a need and best ball. You've got to nail quarterback. So really 11 team league. Um, you're looking at uh, kind of quite a few quarterbacks that'll get drafted in this small mock here. Very likely. So, um, one of the things that I'm going to kind of ride here is the assumption that Alabama is the, the wide held of assumption or presumption of many people, um, that Alabama is just going to be running the ball like crazy. So I will take, uh, Jace McClellan here. Um, and then with back to back picks, I have, <clears throat> Another, so I've got one tight end, one running back, one wide receiver, kind of a lot on the table here. And I'm just, again, looking for for value there. So Webb, I think, LaDamian Webb is still available in the fourth round, which is kind of surprising if that's the case. Um, he is. So I'm going to take him. I know, Matt, you had him on the regular team, and he was – inconsistent last year so i'm hoping or hoping that some of the uh 
the volatility on his uh, you know performance chart from week to week kind of smooths out a bit. But uh, I love the value there. A couple senior running backs in this redraft league. You, you don't want young guys so uh, necessarily because they're a little bit more volatile, uh, inconsistent in their performance from week to week. So I'm happy with a couple proven juniors, a couple proven seniors here so far on my team. Um, so I'm up now. I've got Allen running back out of Wisconsin. I got Frank Gore. So my running backs are pretty much set. Um, and I've got Ekbuka. I thought about quarterback here, but there are some quarterbacks that I like that other people may not have, you know, on their radar as much as say we do here at CFB dynasty. Um, so I'm going to go with another position that I think um, could help me gain some ground or, you know, uh, extend my lead in games. And Trash talking the bots here? You're really yep. being rough on yep. that. And I'm going to go with Kuthi, Keithy out of uh, Utah as my tight end with that pick. Well, you started a trend. <laughs> Look at that. Good lamb. Man, I scared everybody, huh? <laughs> These you did. <laughs> these 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 bots are uh, they're struggling. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So so now all the top players are pretty much still there, guys. So <laughs> all right. So uh, gonna take a little cha- little little break here to give you a little more news and notes. We've already talked about uh, Devontae Walker and Gilbert. Uh, we've also got Liberty is losing two wide receivers for the season to injuries: Victor Jones and Reese Smith. Wake Forest, Donovan Green had a non-contact injury, not on the field, was, I guess, allegedly leaving his dorm room and injured himself. That's not good uh, when you've got a guy that's going to be on the injury report because of something like that. Probably doesn't mean good things for him. Um, UTSA wide receiver DeCorian Clark is uncertain for the season opener. NIU quarterback Rocky Lombardi is back at practice after a uh, October injury. We'll come back to the news and notes here in just a sec while I uh, go back and see what pick I want to make. Um, other thing I want to say is, as you guys see, this is an 11 team mock that was not intentional. Um, I will say going from 10, you know what the, the normal flow is for 10 teams. You know what the normal flow is for 12. It is very bizarre seeing the flow now, just having that one extra team, um, guys that were available. Uh, you would think, oh, the draft is just going to move down one or two players. People have gone a lot of different directions that you would not expect. So it really throws off the draft. Um, whether you've got a 10 or a 12 being at this 11, is just a very odd number for, for the draft, but it makes it fun. So, uh, yeah. So this, the, the tight end run there, uh, Doug takes Keithy and then we go Sanders, Urasek, Conyers, Lachey, Maryland leading up to Matt's pick. And, and it was because of a setting I had where accidentally in fan tracks, I had them filling active spots first. In this best ball, you'll start one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end. So each of those computer uh, anim- or, uh, drafted teams there went with tight end as their lowest valued position last. So Matt goes and gets Joe Milton. Um, nice pick there. And then Kavorian Barnes, Travion Henderson, and James Thrash round out the fourth round coming back back to Matt in the fifth round. It starts out with Hammond, then Malik Neighbors, and then Nick Singleton there. So Singleton um, falls quite a ways. There's some of our like top 
ranked wide receivers not even selected yet um, just because our rankings are quite different from the, the fan tracks rankings. Yeah, what are you and, looking at here, Matt? Well, take a look here. So you've got so far, you've got Corley Benson and Martinez at running back and then Milton at quarterback. Let's see who's available. Yeah. So, Doug, how do you think that the uh, the Corey, I mean, uh, the Devontae Walker situation is going to affect um, the North Carolina offense? So, I've, you know, you guys know I've talked about Drake May a lot. Um, <clears throat> I think Drake May is still going to have a really good season. Um, I think, you know, with the transfer of Nate McCollum coming in there, is going is going to help you know, with that blow a little bit. Um, and you just hope one of these younger guys steps up, like uh, Kobe Pacer. I think that's how you say his name. Um, and at this point, it kind of makes uh, Nesbitt more fantasy relevant in that's my mind. That's a valid point, man. That's very good. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree there. So we got Doug on the clock. Matt takes Tet McMillan from Arizona. Then a receiver run happens of Burgess and Troy Franklin, um, Carson Steele at UCLA, Antoine Wells, and then C.J. Donaldson at West Virginia, bringing us to pick 10 uh, for Doug here. So, again, he so far, he's got Agbuka in the first, then Allen and Gore as a couple running backs, and then Keithy there, the tight end for Utah coming off an injury. Um, so who are you looking at here, Doug? So you've got both UTSA receivers still available here, um, which is a shocker. And I how often were three of them in our top 15? Here's the issue for me is that Buka's got week five by and UTSA is on a week five by. So I will not be drafting (laughs) a receiver from UTSA, which really stinks. And it burst my bubble a little bit. So, um, I'm, I think I'm going to go quarterback with my next pick. Um, and I'm going to get a quarterback that I think is very dual threat that can get me a lot of points. And I think the offense is just going to be really good this year. So yeah, Jordan Travis, um, for sure. And hopefully we're wrong, but I think you'll have a great year too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, I am going to take DeCorian Clark there because that's stupid value there for last pick in the fifth round for him yeah, to whatever. be available. Um, I love being able to add him to my team. And then I'm going to take someone who could be just as good um, as the lead receiver in the SMU offense falling into the sixth round, Curly. So, I mean, both of those guys, I would have been happy taking – a round or two earlier. Um, so getting them here, love it. That's totally fine with me. Um, I've got three receivers now, and I'm feeling great about them. Two running backs and a tight end. Uh, quarterback is absolutely going to be where I I need to go with my last two picks, though. I'm kind of uh, pigeonholed into those. So back to you, um, Doug, who you've got one quarterback. 
Uh, one wide receiver, one tight end, two running backs. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go receiver here, and I'm going to go with the guy I think is going to get a lot of work, um, and someone that, you know, uh, I hate seeing him line up on the other side of the field. Being a being a Gator fan, but I think he's got a lot of talent. And burden, yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad that he felt around six for me on this one. Absolutely, that, help, that helps with that run of tight ends that I would not have drafted in the <laughs> fourth round. Yeah, it's a load of uh talent there with Luther Burden. Uh, love the pick. We had Evans and then Cephas go after that, uh, Singer uh, and that's going to be just such an interesting group um, USC wide receiver and, and just see who comes out there. So uh, I'm going to make a declaration that Chris needs to get fired because that's who I was going to try and snag if we could, <laughs> if it got down there. So bot, bot Carissa, I'm sorry, but you're no longer needed. Get out real Carissa. You can probably stay, but bot Carissa hit the bricks. <laughs> Estimate if that's even how you say his name, and then uh, Irving from Oregon uh, will lead up to Matt's pick here. It's the six point eight. Um, one quarterback so far for Matt. A couple running backs. A couple receivers. Um, looking really later here, but that's okay, and and rightfully so, given the run that happened on them earlier. <laughs> Let's see here. Where do I want to go? You know what? That's what I'm going to go for. Ooh, Donovan Smith. I definitely would have taken him had he fell to me. It's becoming a really good pick, and you guys all know in past podcasts that I was not a fan of this guy. <laughs> but... um. One of the questions that you guys asked in the Discord was about sleepers, and he is actually on my sleeper list. So, yeah. Actually, we'll break the news here to Matt because he he didn't even hear this yet. But um, one of the things that um, we're super, you know, kind of just honored, humbled, whatever, but uh, the Sporting News reached out again, and they're going to feature our rankings um, awesome. again this year. So we packaged up, wrote some new articles, packaged up rankings to go to them, like a teaser set of rankings. So you're looking at a top 50 quarterbacks. Um, and so obviously top 50 running backs, top 50 wide receivers. So if you're in a small draft, hey, that might be totally sufficient for you just to get free. Otherwise, our rankings, you know, will remain updated as news comes out and things like that, which we need to go ahead and schedule, Doug, the next. Uh, we're going to have the, the news coming out today, and then the rankings really need to reflect that, those changes. Because it's one of those things, too, where we're a couple practices in for or a couple – whatever, a few practices in for Ohio State. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You certainly shouldn't be taking um, – uh, shoot, what's his name? Kyle McCord, sixth, as, or as QB six. Like, it's 
it's too much of a risk right now, and that's why he hasn't been taken in this draft, and I wouldn't take him either in this small mock draft. Yeah, with recent news, too, that Brown is really pushing him for that job, too, apparently. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We don't really know what's going to happen there, so... Do we need to pause this, Matt? You nope. got five seconds. I was nope. I was waiting for everybody to. We were just talking. We were chilling. Oh. Got my pick in there. So why don't you catch us up, Matt, from Smith to to current here? All right. So we got uh, Wiglu's from Ohio going to Bot Josiah. Uh, we got Banks from Wake Forest going to uh, Pack Joe. We got Sheffield from Washington State going to Cameron Dialup. You got Davis running back from Kentucky. <laughs> Again, going to, to Cameron Dialup. And that starts the seventh round. Yeah. Seventh round. You have Daquan Finn from Toledo going to Pac Joe. <laughs> then you got uh, Holiday from Western Kentucky, another wide receiver. Hey, who's going to be that number two at Western Kentucky that's going to probably be a big point getter? If you pick the right guy, you're going to be feeling good about yourself. And I picked uh, Hunter, wide receiver from Cal, who's probably going to have a huge year this year. Um, and then. Uh, I'm going to go one pick forward to uh, Mojo Dojo Casa House. Took McCaffrey from Rice. One of the things about McCaffrey from Rice, he is one of those guys that's going to get one of the uh, the odd set of dual stats. You'll have a quarterback that's going to get a lot of passing yards and rushing yards. McCaffrey was a quarterback. He gets wide receiver numbers, but if you look at his stats from last year, is still getting a completion or two or three every single game. So you could get some hidden stats out of him. So don't just look at his receiving yards. He could get stats in a place that you may not be able to get from other uh, other people at that position. So that's an interesting pick there for a Mojo Doja Casa house. <laughs> <laughs> so because this is a best ball league, um, I'm viewing this as having at least two people at each position. That way they can swap out. Um, I know Brian went three receivers, but I'm going to go tight end here. And it's somebody that I talked about just a minute ago. And I'm going to go Nesbitt because I think there's a lot of targets up in the air for North Carolina now. Mm-hmm. And I think being six foot six and already having established a relationship with May, I think that's where a lot of those targets are going to go. So I'm going to go back to back quarterbacks here because I have zero and there's two picks left. And uh, so I want quarterbacks that are going to be competing to be my leader each week. So some guys that are on my mind here, I got Riley Leonard, um, you know, Jaden Daniels is out there. John Reese Plumley, KJ Jefferson, Kate Klubnick. Um, but uh, I'm going to, the first one I'm going to take is a, a dual threat guy proven um, massive bowl game to uh, Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Uh, um, horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so how do you guys feel about their logo, by the way? It's just a, so different. Their field, I feel like it's awesome. I dig it. Talking about Tulane, yeah. Tulane, Tulane's always fun. Yeah. Um, so I could go Kyle McCord here. That's what our rankings would have you do, but uh, and that's about to be adjusted. So, man, really looking at the difference <clears throat> between Riley Leonard who is a proven guy. He averaged 29 fantasy points per game last year. And Duke, with the ACC defenses and all that stuff, um, a Chandler Morris from TCU, who won the job last year before he got hurt. TCU goes on to the playoff. 
Um, he's also a dual threat guy in a huge, huge offense or Preston stone. Um, it's, it's really difficult for me here. Um, choosing between those three Morris just, stone just don't or do Leonard. It to me again. You do it to me again. I'm going to go through the TV to the monitor. <laughs> um, so, oh, I, I really, Morris has, uh, you know, they, they, new wide receivers. Quentin Johnston is gone. Um, I'm going to go with the Preston Stone. Oh, my gosh. The amount I want to punch you in the throat right now. <laughs> Both quarterbacks that I wanted as my number two just went right before me, which is great. <laughs> um, so, wow. Um, I think I am between – three quarterbacks here as well um and probably a little bit different than most i like Taylor green out of boise state um and with quinn ewers still there i like quinn out of texas and chandler morris would be very close option as well but because i like to take some risks and you know, I always like the 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 blue field. I'm going to go with Taylor Green as my quarterback too, because I think nice. he is dual threat and could potentially be, quote my words, um, and from what I've kind of read in the past, the best running quarterback in that conference. So, so after Green, Riley Leonard goes, then Jaden Daniels, then. Neil from Kansas running back goes and then quarterback run continues with Plumley, and then Jefferson. Um, All right. So I'm going to jump back over to the news and notes real quick, just so we can pop through some of this and we're at my pick. So um, Cal running back Byron Caldwell out for the season, Ohio state running back Travion Henderson is uh, active in preseason practices. LSU that was big running- for Ott, by the way, that, that running back injury yes. uh, with Cardwell going down. That does stink for Cardwell, obviously. Nobody roots for injuries, but it really clears everything out for us. Yeah, definitely clears up the fantasy picture there for sure. Um, LSU running back John Emery back at practice after academic eligibility issues. Uh, Utah State quarterback Cooper Legas is the starter heading into the preseason camp, so it's his job to lose. Akron quarterback DJ Irons is not active at practice. Colorado mm-hmm. running back Avery Morrow has still not been cleared to play. Uh, NIU wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph is back at 100%. So just wanted to get through a few more of those news and notes while we're in the middle of this draft. So here's my thought right here. Um, only an eight-position draft. We're playing best ball. Um, we can have two quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end. Um, I could either go with two tight ends in my last two picks um, in fantasy, I would almost rather not even have a tight end one week and have a better chance with my uh, wide receivers or my running backs. Um, the the okay. run on tight ends has been incredible. So mm-hmm. what's left out there as far as tight ends go, I don't think that it's going to be as big of a value as me getting another running back here. So you're um, going to be sacrificing, what, 10 to 15 points a week because you're going to have none 
Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not going to draft. Oh, you just end. drafted at the Wait. last one. I got you. Oh, hold on for a second. You. Hold on for a second. Pop back, back me out just a little bit because I still my, – my side shows I still had uh, – my side show I still had uh, – did the draft just – It ended, yes. Oh, it, okay. The draft is over. Eight rounds have concluded with Jaheim Bell to, to Matt. Well, that was that was an auto draft there because I you know what I was I was actually going to take I was going to actually take Brevin Stevan Ford there um, as my tight end. Yes, but well, it's all good. And then Klubnik, Marshawn Lloyd, and a great last pick uh, with Curtis Rourke going from Ohio there. Um, easily a good sleeper pick there. So, anyways. Um, <coughs> Some great players available. I'll scroll down a little bit. Actually, here, that's not working correctly there on that screen. But um, some of the players that are kind of left on the board that would be next up are kind of weird. Like Jalil Farouk could be great, but certainly is a risk and something you're kind of hoping happens and, and not something that's been proven. Treshawn Potts. Uh, from Penn State, he's uh, oddly high, uh, ranked as the 81st best player in um, in fan tracks. Elijah Badger's up there with like uh, you know quarterback questions there at Arizona State. It's a interesting set of of rankings, and uh, certainly some good players left out there. Evan Stewart could have gone. Dylan Gabriel could have gone. Uh, Jaron Bradley from Texas Tech, J. Michael Sturdivant, um, Davis Brand at Georgia Southern. Ontario Brown could have been a good running back with Whaley being gone at NIU. Yep. Holani yeah. still out there. McCray from Illinois, Hemby yep. from Maryland. There's a lot. Plenty, plenty. So, anyways, the eight rounds conclude. So, I guess um, – I guess that really wraps it up. We'll try and get this posted as soon as we can. Um, and that way you can look at the different teams and kind of help yourself prepare for your drafts as I'm sure they're all coming up. I know I've got one with uh, Zach Tao's Dynasty League um, in a day or two the draft starts. So I'm excited about that one. But, uh, yeah, Matt, why don't we go ahead and wrap up with uh, the rest of the news, and then we can... Yeah, we got some more news to go through. We had so many news points today. That's why we wanted to break it up a little bit so it wasn't just a big wall of news and notes. Um, and then I uh, will get to some of the questions from the Discord. So uh, Iowa State running back to real Brock has not practiced yet. No, no reason has been uh, stated why. Um, Oklahoma State Alan Bowman quarterback has been consistently getting first-team reps there. Colorado running back Alton McCaskill is about a week from contact. Uh, Purdue wide receiver Jamal Adreen is out for the season with an ACL injury. Uh, as we talked about last week, Cam Rising still remains limited in practice, still up in the air for that first week game uh, against some team that I'm not even sure if anybody on this podcast is a fan of. Um, <laughs> didn't even catch that. Um, Florida wide receivers Andy Jean and um, Eugene Wilson the third. Uh, are stated to absolutely be contributing. Wilson's really showing out of practice. Um, BMAC looks like you got some uh, news about the video game. What you got? Yeah, so there was some scare about like lawsuits that were happening, etc. But 
Um, EA confirmed it that the college football video game is happening on schedule for next July. Um, so we are less than a year away from that. Um, super, super excited. I don't really play video games as much at all anymore. Um, but when that game comes out, it will absolutely adjust my schedule. So, um, very excited about that, man. I hope we can get a, a dynasty like we had back in whatever, 2012, 2013, uh, rolling along. Those were so much fun. Um, and now we'll have a, a, hopefully a group more of, uh, our listeners, et cetera, people in the discord that want to play. I know we've got some others on there. All right. So, uh, that's the news and notes, uh, for the week. Um, trying to make sure we, uh, get as much stuff out there to you guys. There is so much stuff happening right now in camp. We've went through almost 20 different points when you're talking over 130 teams that are playing in uh, college football. That means there's a lot of news and notes out there that we are probably going to miss. And that's why we need you guys to be up on the discord channel, letting us know if there's something that is pertinent to you or something that you've heard, make sure you put it up there so that that way we can go and uh, do some of our own uh, investigation. We can get it onto the, onto the, uh, the podcast will make sure we give you a shout out just like we're going to give these guys a shout out that ask questions in the discord. They've got some, uh, some questions that uh, they want answered. They want the expertise of Doug. They want the expertise of BMAC to uh, help them out a little bit. So diastolic tech, he's got a pretty general question here. His big question is uh, who are the biggest risers and fallers from camp news? So uh, BMAC, Doug, who do you think just real so quick, some of the biggest risers and fallers? Um, I'll just hit two real fast. Um, and we talked about them in the draft. Uh, the two biggest, two of the biggest risers, in my opinion, are Nesbitt out of North Carolina at tight end and Ott, the running back from California. Mm -hmm. The two biggest risers, in my opinion. Love those. Um, another one to add, Elijah Arroyo is one we've talked about for a couple shows where he's been kind of spotted or identified. <clears throat> by coaches is like potentially the best athlete on Miami. So um, with uncertainty at wide receiver and who's going to be the man, maybe it's not a wide receiver. Maybe it's Arroyo at tight end. Um, so you're looking at potentially great value there. And obviously the biggest faller right now is going to be Dez from uh, mm -hmm. North Carolina. Just getting the bad news. I'm sure there will be a, uh, some sort of counter to that ruling that he's going to be ineligible this year for North Carolina, have to sit out a year. But uh, well, as of right the, now, he's out. The thing that's crazy about that, too, if you've looked at the news on it, uh, he was originally at NC Central. That's not even FBS. Never even played there because he was there during COVID. And they're still going to make that ruling against him because he was at oh. NC Central for a year. And to me, it's just a, another example of the NCAA um, – not being consistent with the way that they want to enforce rulings. Uh, I feel like that if they were going to put that, that notice out the way that they did, that they should have said that that was going to go into effect after this year. Uh, but to do it after guys had already committed to transfer, I think was absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I think another, if you look at the risers and followers, we need to look at the fallout from that too. I think that you have to, 
and it's not going to be a lot, but you have to think Drake May is going to drop just a little bit with him losing his, his number one wide receiver. And on the on the uh, the flip side, there's going to be some wide receivers in North Carolina that are going to actually rise up the board. So Can't that's going to be who we hear is going to be, like a, you know, taking over as wide receiver. Like one, I mentioned, I think I think it's in my mind, it's undoubtedly McCollum's job to lose at wide receiver one at this point. Uh, and I, I mean, but again, you could see a two tight end system there all of a sudden because they have some great tight ends. You know, after Nesbit, you could see <laughs> these running backs that we argue about who's going to be number one there. You could see multiple running backs, you know, toting the ball now. But it's going to be exciting to see what happens in North Carolina. But I think as far as receivers go, in my mind, it's got to be McCollum's job now to lose. All right. So the next question is pretty, uh, pretty rough. I, uh, I love it because it's trying to start talking some trash. And I love the fact that Florida Gator fans get to be the ones to answer this question. Avant Gardner says, how many games into the season will we be before people realize that the offseason hype for Florida State was completely unwarranted? Wish I could throw the schedule up on the screen here, but just uh, week one, it's LSU and FSU in Camping World Stadium uh, in Orlando. Not the best location if you're uh, traveling to that stadium, but uh, I, they might have done some renovations then. So after that game, which you expect, it's going to be uh, kind of a small spread. And small, I think it's going to be a slugfest in that game. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fight. If, if LSU somehow was to beat FSU down, um, that would be the only thing that would make me think, oh, maybe maybe they're a fraud. But I, I don't see that happening. I think with a veteran quarterback play, and as long as everybody's going into that game healthy, I think that'll be a good game. And then you get Southern Miss in tally. Um, it's got to be a, a beat down, you would hope. Um, at Boston College, um, a lot of change happening there. You know, if Florida State obviously drops one of those two games, everything shifts as they go at Clemson and then into a bye week. But um, otherwise, like, you know, they, they kind of have some middle-of-the-pack teams. You get Virginia Tech and Syracuse before you take on Riley Leonard and Duke, then at Wake, at Pitt, Miami, um, North Alabama, and then they close out the season in the swamp uh, November 25th. I think um, uh, I think for Florida State, especially with what's going on, and we'll go to the next question here in just a little bit, I think Florida State, more so than any season in recent memory, really needs this year to not be the year where they just completely tank it. There's been so much talk about conference realignment and Florida State flexing their muscle about how important and relevant they are. It's going to look really silly for them to be making all this talk and then go in and have a lackluster season. That's not going to help that out at all. Honestly, maybe that's a good thing because I feel like that the insanity of what's happening with the conferences that takes us into our next question, maybe we need some of these teams that are running their mouth um, and that doesn't mean that the players are out of their mouth. It's the administration that is. Maybe we need some of these teams to, to, to take a step back a little bit to uh, maybe get some sanity 
in yeah. the uh, in the conference realignment. And uh, yeah, you look at their top two toughest games being LSU and at Clemson, both in the first four weeks. You know, if they if they drop both of those. They've got to run the table. Um, if they drop another one, it's a disappointment, and they will miss their um, over-under win total for the year. I believe it's – I think it's nine and a half. I think I, I could was, be totally wrong. Florida State, I thought it was ten and a half. Uh, that would surprise me. But um, if they drop those two, they, they have to win out, and they, they couldn't take a loss to – to pit if they're not able to stop the run they couldn't take a loss to miami if they get things going there um that that would be the only scenario to me um where i could see them faltering or or looking bad going into the bye week at two and two with wins over boston college and southern miss and losses to the to the two teams that they're uh you know equal to all right so we're going to move on to the next question and this one we could have an entire podcast on this that being said, every other set of talking heads out there um, that is uh, that can state an opinion or state an opinion on this. So we're going to try to not go too deep into this. But uh, 1J24 uh, wants to know, how does the Pac-12 live on? Does the Mountain West form to keep the Pac-12 alive? Or does 2024 have four teams with the, um, with the Bevs being the best team? Does Stanford stay or go or become independent? Um, I'm going to start this one because – being a fan of a team in the ACC that right now is kind of on the outside looking in. And every year there's talk about the ACC is going to implode uh, because of everything else. Every time when Colorado moves, as soon as Colorado moved to the big 12, the ACC is going to implode. Will the ACC implode? Who knows? Um, but right now conferences are completely ridiculous. Conferences are stupid. It's almost to the point that there should not even be conferences now, because when you've got, um, when you've got teams that are on the West coast, that are having to go to Rutgers to play volleyball because of football now, or softball teams having to travel across. There's going to be a point of critical mass where what's happening with conferences, something is going to change. Something's going to happen. 18 teams, 20 teams in a specific conference is not really sustainable. Um, but per the question that's out there right now, the insanity of Cal and Stanford being talked about going to the ACC um, is just ridiculous but you know what? I wouldn't put anything past what's going on in college football right now. So you very well may see Stanford and um, you know Stanford and Cal go in there. I think I think it's also possible that you might see UCF, who just joined the Big Twelve, might say, "Well, okay, this is getting crazy now." Before it was us joining a bunch of teams in the Midwest. Now, do we want to have our non-revenue sports having to have to go to the West Coast um, for multiple games out there? Maybe they want to be a team that wants to move from the Big 12 back to back to the ACC. Your guess is as good as mine. Doug, what's your guess? BMAC, what's your guess? Well, did you see Chip Kelly, what he suggested? Um, uh, I'm not sure. In making it just kind of like the NFL, just split into a couple divisions. So there's oh, yeah. basically yeah, yeah, where there's like the Power Five would be one division, then the next 64 schools or whatever would be the second division. And then you would keep it regionalized where it's like NFC West, NFC East kind of stuff, pretty much like the NFL, but with a little bit bigger divisions and then the, the, the playoff like we have coming up. But um, I mean, it makes sense. And the one thing that I hate is losing the regionality 
the second thing is, um, yeah, you think about the other sports a little bit. Um, Chip Kelly's uh, kind of idea there was was basically like why can't college football just be separate like we're fine as far as travel goes you know we only play once a week that makes it easy all the other sports should be in regional conferences but you know college football doesn't necessarily need to be but then if you keep it regional for division games you know like the nfl that'll hopefully keep a lot of things uh standardized in terms of rivals remaining rivals and all that stuff but man i do as a traditionalist of college football conferences have changed over uh you know the history of college football a lot and uh that's not new to college football but just hate to see everything kind of change you you imagine for the worst but i think over time it's gonna get better um i think this is there's other things at play here and uh when the ncaa will go away i think hopefully we'll get a commissioner and things will start to make sense again mm-hmm. so doug do you think the pac-12 is going to be able to live on do you think that there's going to be more than a pack four out there <laughs> i i don't see the pac-12 honestly moving on from this because they're probably you know of the of the big groups, I guess, or former, they're probably the ones with the least amount of money. Yep, so, they don't even have, even have a TV contract. I mean, who's going to want to go play for a conference that can't give them money? That's where this college game is going right now. So who's going to go to a conference that doesn't give them money? Is the biggest yes. – the, the school's not going to get – there's nothing to gain from going to the Pac-12. Yeah, it sucks for those schools. Hate, hate it for those fans. Like, you're you're probably an Oregon State fan thinking, uh, what, what am I gonna be the in the Mountain West next year, or where will we be? Yeah, who knows? Well, then our final our final question out here, and this one, this one's gonna be a tough one to answer, and I honestly don't even think we should try to answer it too much on the show because this is whole articles that are out there. Who are your running back, quarterback, and wide receiver sleepers? of the season um again that's a crystal ball question um i would say i would say let's reword this just slightly who do you think are the guys that have the biggest potential to blow up that may not be getting that press right now like brian how is that hold on how is that question any different when you reworded it well because if you say it like that if you say it, i know it is but i'm just saying if you say it like that Every site out there has got a sleeper yeah. article that's got thirty guys listed in there. Um, so well, I'm just saying, who's your who's your who is your guy that is not so, getting impressed that you're high? Well, they're, they're not we as good as me. Right in this little article, <laughs> then is the problem. I so I haven't done the research to come up with mine yet, and I will. We need to. I think the next show is a sleeper show, so we're gonna have a whole show dedicated to sleepers here pretty soon. But we can go ahead and spoil your article, Doug, to the Sporting News if you want to go ahead. I don't think so. I don't think we should. I think we should say let's not spoil it. If Doug's Doug's got an article going to the Sporting News, Doug, give us one name. The people like Brett, though. The people like Brett who are here 53 minutes into the show, our family, we should go ahead and and spoil it, I, I feel like. So my idea of spoiling it 
and 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 Brett might not like this very much, but my idea of spoiling my list was I was going to give a, one player from each position from each position. Go for so it. So it doesn't I've have got, to be the number one guy. It could just be a guy. And they're not listed number one to number four or whatever, but um, so <laughs> and I'll and I'll throw this quarterback out there because I already mentioned him briefly in our draft. Um, Donovan Smith is one of my sleepers at the quarterback position. Um, you know, the coaches really like what, what he brings to the table there. He's got experience and you've got to like a quarterback who is playing for an offense that averages nearly 300 passing yards a game over the last five years. You can't not like a quarterback in that position. He's ranked too high. And I just want you to say that difficult name. What about the, the Minnesota guy that you have listed on there? Oh, Athen. Calic Manis. And if that's wrong, sorry, I th- buddy. I think it's probably Ethan, but yeah. Ethan, Athen, Ethan, whatever. Um, but yeah, he's on my list too. And I won't get into that very much, um, especially with us having a sleeper episode coming up. And with this article going to the sporting news, I don't want to make the article kind of like at this point, blah, I already heard all this before. So one of my running backs, um, is it's, I'm going to be, say Relique Brown. We've posted him on Twitter before. Um, he's, you know, training in the slot receiver position. So he's going to get touches. Um, and I think you could see a downgrade in Jones and Lloyd at USC if Relique Brown makes the most of his touches. Um, then at receiver, um, I've got TJ Sheffield from Purdue um, with both Jones and Milton leaving Purdue, going to the NFL. Um, and then I think it was in our news and notes, the other receiver at Purdue is out for the year. Um, so Sheffield's going to be the guy at Purdue for me. And then at tight end, somebody that we've mentioned before is Nesbitt is going to be my sleeper tight end. But again, in that article, there's more players than that, and hopefully you guys will read it. I mean, it's we'll see what happens. All right, so that's the end of the show for today. We had the mock draft. We want to know what you guys think. Who do you think uh, got the best mock draft in a best ball format from the bizarre 11-team draft that we have down there? We want your questions up there. Again, thank you guys for going up to the Discord channel and uh, – giving us your questions, but most importantly, this is draft season. You guys want to have a leg up on your competition. Uh, Make sure you go up to cfbdynasty.com and subscribe so you can be up to date on all the information so that you can go and uh, have a leg up on your draft and you can hopefully go and win your championship. BMAC, Doug, you got anything else you want to say before we wrap it up for today? That's all for now, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next week right here on the CFBDynasty.com podcast. See ya. See ya.